0: What's up, Dolphins? Welcome into the Wednesday, April the 25th edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, just one day away from the big night, and the Locked On Dolphins crew gives you their picks for who they think Miami should select and who they are going to select on Thursday night with the 11th pick of the draft. Devontae Parker gets hit with his fifth-year option. We'll discuss tradable assets come draft day. And we review the 2016 draft class and get into your Twitter mailbag. But first, I have to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter at NFL, Vote the best Dolphins follow on Twitter and the show at LockdownFins. And the number one rated blog in the On Lockdown Network, LockdownDolphins.com, for all your daily written content needs. And of course, the other On Sports family of podcasts with the On Heat Podcast and Locked On NFL Podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. That's another Miami Dolphins. And on first down today, we're talking about some actual news, some non-draft day news, as a matter of fact. Talking about the fifth-year option picked up on wide receiver Devontae Parker. He is going into his fourth year out of the University of Louisville, and he has not lived up to the expectations yet. That option number for him in 2018 excuse me, 2019, would be $9.5 million salaries. So you have to kind of consider the fact that the Dolphins can resend that at any time. And it gives them a bit of protection going forward in terms of having him under contract for another year. It also opens up the option of possibly trading him. We'll get into that later. But it just kind of confuses me in terms of what Devontae Parker is. I think you can go into the final season without that option and not worry about it too much. But at the same time, you don't want him to blow up this year and then cost you way too much to where you can't afford to bring him back in 2019. But the fact that he's had poor work habits the entire time he's been here, we've heard about it. He can't. Get himself right to play. He doesn't eat the right way. He struggled to find himself a correct meal plan this offseason. Kenny Stills was kind of ribbing him about that on Instagram in the offseason. He finally got himself back into an actual meal plan. All the Snapchat videos of him watching Spongebob singing along to songs, eating candy and different sugars and sweets. It just doesn't really add to a professional that cares a bunch about the about the actual game itself. He got paid, he got his first round draft status, and he's going to get paid again on a second contract from somebody else. I just don't really know that I want to be Miami because he can't stay healthy, and when he is healthy, he can't beat one-on-one coverage, and just not a player that I really want to invest a whole bunch into, especially when you consider the theme of the offseason being guys that prioritize football to go ahead and give a guy like DeVonte Parker who clearly does not prioritize football to give give him big time money would be a big mistake. So interesting play there, but we'll see what happens to that. But speaking of players, the Dolphins fans do not like, we have a consensus mock draft, so to speak. We went through every single person from LockedOnDolphins.com, all eight of us, all the writers, and we gave our pick for what the Dolphins should do in the first round and what they will do in the first round. And it wasn't a complete consensus, but they're going in line with what the national media is perpetrating right now, saying that Vita Vea will be the pick at number 11. We had five votes for him on what the Dolphins will do on draft night. We had two picks for Tremaine Edmonds and one pick from Minka Fitzpatrick. So Vida Vea, Let's get into his game a little bit because I watched some more of him today. I wanted to get an idea of what everybody hated about him. I don't understand it. I think the fact or the the concern that we already had a good defensive tackle and it didn't work out is completely absurd. That is really, really, really short-sighted thinking. Talked about in yesterday's podcast. Won't get back into it too much. But I went back and watched his game, and you can see a player that is very disruptive in the run game. We all know that. People keep calling him a two-down run stuffer, which is a... Complete tragedy in the terms, in terms of what he actually is as a player. He's a fantastic pass rusher. He compiled eight and a half sacks over the last two seasons and a bunch more tackles for a loss, so he is capable of getting into the backfield. Doesn't have that great explosion off the line of scrimmage. Doesn't blow off the ball. But once he creates a head of steam and gets rolling forward, he is very, very tough to deal with on the bull rush. Like Kevin Dern mentioned on a podcast a while ago, he doesn't use his hands enough. He's not active enough with his hands. Once he gets that point of contact... He starts to kind of just lean his body onto the guy that's blocking him and gives up. He keeps his feet moving, and he has very light and quick feet. He can run guys down from the backside, but he doesn't really do a lot with his hands in order to try to get guys off of him. So if he doesn't win right away with a bull rush or a quick speed rush, he's not going to do much by way of the pass rush. But he is definitely a disruptor in the passing game. And a couple of my favorite gifs I saw of him, or play I should say was the punt coverage in the Fiesta Bowl where he chased down the punt returner on that play way down the field. Awesome to see. But another play, and I want to say it was the Washington State game. I'm not sure. I watched about 10 games today where he got caught up in the wash. The play got away from him on the backside. He chased it down from the back and caught the running back from behind and brought him down. So a high motor, very motivated player. He plays with a lot of will and desire. And you can see him kind of clapping his hands and and, sh- and signaling to the sideline that they're not going to get anything on the ground today when he makes a big stop or his teammates make a big stop. I think he's very, very humble in what he does. I think he would be a good addition to this team. He is definitely a top 15 talent in this draft class. I actually wrote about it back in 2017, right after that draft class saying Vita Vea could be a guy to replace and Dama and sue or Jordan Phillips. If either of them couldn't, if Jordan Phillips couldn't get it going or if Sue is somehow departed which he ended up being but Vita Vea we gotta stop talking about how bad of a player he is because he's a very very good player just because we had and Sue and let him go doesn't mean you don't address the position further from that point forward you get a big reduction in salary going from Sue to Vea and hopefully get a player with a similar dominant streak than and Sue had in his career we have plenty more to talk about on this podcast guys including tradable assets on the Dolphins roster in the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins for those of you that are bored or tired of the draft coverage, I do apologize that we've been on that mold this entire week, but it really is what we're supposed to be talking about right now. There will be a time this summer, and I'm guilty of this too, where we all looking forward to having football to talk about because right now there are things flying out there like crazy rumors and everything that goes along with what the draft actually is. And I'm just as tired of it as you guys are. That's why I'm trying to give you as much tangible stuff or stuff that pertains to the actual Dolphins that maybe you haven't heard elsewhere on this podcast. So the next thing I want to talk about are a couple of names that we could look at to possibly trade this season. I don't know that it'll happen. I just wanted to fault the idea out there of a couple of names. So off the top, we talked about it at the top of the show. I tweeted about it already today and spoiled it. Devontae Parker, if they... Get that that tag at $9.5 million. Basically, what you're doing is you're paying him about $12, $13 million over the course of a two-year stretch. Not a bad figure for a team that needs a wide receiver and a guy that could be a solid number two, maybe number three option on that team. So if you have a team with a lot of cap space, like a team like the Cleveland Browns before all their moves would have made sense. But someone in that ilk, like the San Francisco 49ers that has a bunch of money to spend and has a need at wide receiver, could be a team that they strike a deal with and then the Niners pick at number nine in the draft the Dolphins may want Roquan Smith let's say he's still on the board at number nine let's say the Dolphins want to pedal Devontae Parker maybe another fourth round pick just to go up a couple of spots and get their man I could see that being the case Kenny Stills there was a thing about him the other day on Twitter not being invited to the uniform release and he was talking about I don't know what anyone here says I was not invited I don't know what's going on and people tried to started trying to connect the dots that are saying he might be on the trade block. I don't buy that for a minute, so let's go ahead and dispel that. However, the wide receiver room has a is very busy and very full at the moment with Danny Amendola, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, Kenny Stills, and Devontae Parker, all figuring into the rotation pretty significantly. Then you have guys like Leonte Carew who has been working his butt off. He posted a picture of himself just completely jacked up on Instagram the other day, Isaiah Ford coming back, Drew Morgan, Rashawn Scott, all these guys that have gotten cracks in the past all on this roster. There is depth in this wide receiver core, both on the guys that will make the team and guys that will get cut. So you could look to go ahead and pedal one of those guys later on, maybe move up in the draft on day three or something. So wide receivers could be a position on the move this weekend. Andre Branch, no one's going to sell by him for the contract that he has. That was a terrible contract, $10 million a year for a sub package pass rusher, a rotational pass rusher. But if you can find someone to take him off your hands for a late, late round pick, the Dolphins would definitely have to consider that. And then TJ McDonald, we talked about the fact that Maybe things didn't go the way the Dolphins wanted it to in 2017 with him. He didn't really get that chemistry lined up with Rashad Jones just yet. And if they go ahead and make a play for Amika Fitzpatrick or a Derwin James or Jesse Bates or Justin Reed, whoever it might be in the draft, they could find a reason to move on from McDonald and get rid of that salary and that bad contract they gave him or just convert him to linebacker, keep him there. So nothing to keep an eye on there. And then lastly, I don't think he goes anywhere, but if the Dolphins find an offensive lineman early in this draft, Jawan James was rumored to be mentioned in trade talks. There was talk about him getting the fifth year option tag, rescinding that tag, giving him a long-term contract. There was tons and tons of buzz around this guy all off season. It never came to a head. So if they found someone in the draft they liked, I could see him moving on. Maybe if it's a guard, kick Jesse Davis out there to right tackle. Somebody asked me, what do I expect to get from Jawan James? A second round pick is where I would start. They laughed, said Jarvis Landry gets a fourth. How does Juwan James only get, a, get you a second? My response was, finding a wide receiver in the draft is like finding a Confederate flag in the South. Finding a quality offensive lineman anywhere in the league is just as hard as finding a Make America Great Again hat in downtown Portland. If you guys don't know what Portland's all about, very, very left-leaning cities. So kind of the idea that wide receivers are grow on trees. Offensive linemen are very, very scarce in today's NFL. So a couple of names to keep an eye on. I think that Devontae Parker one actually might hold some water. That fifth-year option might even entice the team even more. So definitely consider that. And just before we get into the Twitter mailbag, let's go ahead and talk about the 2016 draft class. This will be the last one that I review. I don't think it makes sense to review the 2017 class. This one might even be a stretch. We'll go ahead and do it anyways. You guys all recall the Dolphins went down from number 8 to 13 to get Kiko Alonso and Byron Maxwell. Didn't really work out so well for them there. But the draft did fall their way as they got Laramie Tunzel the infamous bong mass that made him drop the offensive tackle out of Old Miss. Was supposed to be a first overall pick before all the quarterback trades started happening. Winds up finding himself at number 13 to the Miami Dolphins. I wanted Miles Jack so bad at that spot. I thought Miles Jack was a top five talent. Winds up falling to the second round. So I was bummed out, but Tunzel was of great value there and definitely helped that 2016 playoff run at left guard. We need to see more out of him at left tackle this year. Hopefully his feet and kind of his punch go more in line together because his feet are so good his punch is not great he's a little bit slow on the kick slide which doesn't make a lot of sense given what he has in the in the tool bag there from his traits second round pick number 38 Xavier howard cornerback from baylor He didn't start off so well, was a big-time piece in camp. His rookie year gets hurt, couldn't start the season off as a starting cornerback like he was supposed to be. Comes back in 2017, another slow start, but really, really came on strong late in the year. Had a very nice stretch there with four picks in two games. I think that's probably going to be a big draft hit for the Miami Dolphins. And then the best pick of the draft, the third round, number 73, running back from Alabama, Kenyon Drake, the starter last year after Damian Williams gets hurt. Following the JHA trade, he has big explosive playability, very quick step out of the backfield, can spin out of tackles, can run through tackles, runs hard, determined, good pass catcher as well, and got even better in pass protection, which was very nice to see in 2017. Same round, pick number 86. Dolphins traded up to get him. Has not worked out so far. Leonte Carew, the wide receiver out of Rutgers, he has been a complete bust to this point. Only had two catches last season. Jakeem Grant, the wide receiver out of Texas Tech, sixth round, pick 186. Looks like he is trending way up. I have big expectations for him this year, being a guy that gets right around 60 to 70% of the snaps on offense and has a big impact on the offense. In the same round, 6th round, pick 204, cornerback slash safety Jordan Lucas out of Penn State. He has not found himself on the field very much at all, except for special teams, but has not worked out for him. In the 7th round, Brandon Dowdy, the quarterback out of Western Kentucky. He has been cut already. And 7th round, pick number 231, Thomas Duarte, tight end from UCLA, has played in one game, been a practice squad mainstay for the Miami Dolphins there. So, Another draft class that looks pretty good. You might have your starting left tackle, a premier cornerback, hopefully you're starting running back, and then a dynamic playmaker in Jakeem Grant. So that draft class right now to me is looking very, very good. We are going to get into your Twitter mailbag on the other side of the podcast here, Lockdown Dolphins Podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. Let's go ahead and jump into the Twitter mailbag here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. You guys know the drill. I put out the call on Twitter for your questions. You respond. You get a shout out here on the show with your handle red, and I answer the question. Let's go ahead and start off the top from AAD, at Optimus Bowtie. Should the Dolphins draft history of not drafting a quarterback in the first round play some factor into this draft? Note, I don't think they will because of said history. I don't think you can look back at previous drafts and really take anything from them, except for drafts that were more recent from your own regime. I think that that could possibly scare some people off in the terms of, like, what... The Jets did with Mike Tannenbaum at Mark Sanchez. Might have scared them off from quarterbacks down the line. Or just looking back at what you have in terms of draftable assets early on, young assets on rookie contracts. For instance, you don't want to go out and spend big money on a cornerback or draft the cornerback high because you may have Xavier Howard and Bobby McCain and Cordray Tankersley. Could be a line of thinking there. Not one that I agree with, but I can see where they could go that direction there. So I don't think draft history has a lot to play into it unless it's very, very immediate. Next question comes from Fat Stats at Fat underscore TeamStats. And I'm this, f- forgive me for not understanding exactly what this means, but date Mary Fleeing Curve. I've heard of fuck Mary Kill, but I've never heard of date Mary Fleeing Curve. But if I had to pick between the four quarterbacks Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and Josh Rosen, who are you doing with what? I am going to marry Baker Mayfield because I feel like he is the one that will treat me the best in terms of I think he's going to work out the best out of all four of them. Who am I going to date? I will do Josh Allen because he is going to give me some great times when I really want them and some bad times when I don't need them. I can go ahead and just kick him to the curb there. My fling, let's go with Sam Darnold. I think that he has big time upside as well. So we'll go that direction. Curve, I think that's who I'm breaking up with. And Josh Rosen is the one that I hate the most out of the four. So I will go with him. So date will be Josh Allen, Mary Baker Mayfield, Fling, Sam Darnold, and Curve, Josh Rosen. Next question comes from Dom, at Dom V, that's D-O-M-V-E-E. My question, if Vita Vea is the pick at 11, do you see the Finns trading up in the second to secure a potentially falling linebacker, and who do you see there? I can see the Dolphins making a move in the draft, probably going backwards. I don't think they have enough capital to come up, at any of these first three spots. They might, but I don't think they will. I think if they go back in the first round, that really gives them a lot of flexibility on day two. I've talked about it all offseason. I really wish they had another second day pick because that's where the great value is in this draft. But I think Leighton Vander Esch would be a big time target at the top of round two. So if he makes it past day one, Dolphins could work the phones and try to get themselves up to the top of round two to make that pick. And last question comes from John Lyell. It's at XSV34. If Rosen is there, Smith, James, Fitz, and Edmonds are gone, do we draft or trade down? Remembering we passed on Rodgers and Breeze. I think if that were the case, they would take him because they seem to like the quarterback a lot. They want to give Ryan Tannehill some competition. They definitely need a backup quarterback for the 2018 season. And you don't really have a lot of clear answers on Ryan Tannehill. Whether or not me as the host tells you that I do, the Dolphins might feel otherwise. So I think they would take Josh Rosen there. Although if it were me, I would absolutely trade down, acquire more picks, and try to fill out needs in this team because quarterback just is not one of them. And that will be it for today's podcast, guys. Tomorrow's episode, I'm going to have a full first-round mock draft the entire NFL. I will also have my seven-round Dolphins mock draft for you guys, the very last one, as it is finally here. Mock draft season comes to an end, and the actual draft will occur tomorrow night. I'm still not quite sure what I'm going to do with my Dolphins mock draft because I know I have four positions I'm going to have to find, linebacker, safety tight end and defensive tackle and then probably a quarterback in there somewhere as well too so i'm just not sure what the order is going to be for that but we'll talk about that on tomorrow's episode that will do for today's episode of locked on dolphins podcast be sure to subscribe to the show leave us a rating and a review and check out the other locked on sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams follow me on twitter at Winkle nfl follow the show at locked and follow our flagship show at locked on nfl both on twitter and facebook Check out the number one rated blog in the Lockdown Network, LockdownDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you tomorrow for the draft edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.